Welcome to the New Beginnings Fellowship Podcast. Wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged by today's message. What's up, everybody? How the heck are you? Well, good morning. For those who don't know me, what's up? My name is Richard. I have the privilege of calling this place my home as your pastor. Um, Man, it's packed in here. Uh, And y'all made it hot. So let's just hurry up and get up out of here, all right? Now, um... Yo, so, um, first of all, I got to give a couple of shout-outs. One, I got to give a shout-out to my homeboy, Travis. Why? Because Travis, um, I saw him at the soccer game yesterday, and, and he's coming to me giddy, and he was holding the bag, and he handed me the bag, and I opened up, and I looked in the bag, and he had a shirt, and he gave me a shirt, and the shirt had an Easter bunny with a crown, like Easter Bunny. I mean, he was looking the most gangster Easter Bunny I've ever seen in my entire life. And on the shirt, it said, I love it when you call me Big Hopper. I'm like, <laughs> real talk. And I wanted to wear that shirt so much, but Heidi wouldn't let me to do it. But, um, but anyway, so like, man, my church knows me so well. Amen. But, to begin, but with that, not only does the church know me well, my kids know me well, because this morning, um, uh, uh, the kids, they, they woke me up with a Easter card, and it was Snoop Dogg on the front. And I threw it down. And they were like, Daddy, why'd you throw my card down? And I said, I dropped it like a tide. <laughs> yes, y'all, it only gets worse from here for those who don't know me. Um, but y'all, again, welcome uh, that we get to be here for Easter Sunday. Yo, so we celebrate Easter Sunday today, also known as Resurrection Sunday. And y'all, this is uh, the reason why we're celebrating like this. The reason why I put on this very Pepmo Bismol uh, jacket on. The reason why we do all of this stuff, send all of these invites, put all of these graphics out there. The reason why uh, we're celebrating is because it's in the name, y'all. It's the resurrection. Like, yeah, it's, it's because of Jesus and his miraculous resurrection. Now, we got to think about it. Why on earth are we celebrating Jesus' resurrection? Because if you look throughout scriptures, you see so many people resurrecting from the grave. Why, why is it we single out Jesus in his resurrection? It's important to know that. Answer here. So everybody, let's break it down real quick, as simple as for everybody can understand. The consequence for our sins, for our breaking God's laws, is the eternal separation from God. And all of the people, like like everybody, it doesn't matter how many people think they're holier than thou. It doesn't matter how many people try to elevate themselves above uh, above other people. No matter who you are, we are all in the same boat. Everybody has sinned, it says in Romans chapter 3. And the bad news is there's nothing that we can do to erase the fact that we've all sinned. And not only that, we can't create our own way to bridge the gap between man and God. It doesn't matter how powerful you are. It doesn't matter how influential you are. It doesn't matter how much money that you have. Like, there's nothing that we can do to create a pardon for that consequence. Now, hear me. Jesus seeing us in our distress, seeing that celebration, seeing that, like, 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 seeing that there was nothing that we were to do about that, it fueled, y'all hear this, y'all, it fueled by his radical love for us, 
God sent his son Jesus on the cross. He lived a completely perfect, sinless life. And even though he didn't deserve separation from God, he offered up his, he offered up his life on our behalf so we wouldn't have to experience separation from God. So again, Jesus experienced separation from God the Father so you and I wouldn't have to. He did it on our behalf. And not only that, but Jesus did what we couldn't do, which was defeating death, resurrecting from the grave, and granting us the relationship with God uh, if we desire to have a relationship with God. That's why we celebrate. That's, that's a matter of fact, that's not just why we celebrate Easter. That's why we have church service in the first place. We do it because we celebrate, oh, we, we have a God, literal. We have a God that defeated the grave, radically in love for us, radically in love with us. And if we submit our lives to him, if we have a relationship with him, we get to experience eternal life forever, right? Huge. So Resurrection Sunday is a day where followers of Christ all over the world, we celebrate the fact that we can have a relationship with God because of Christ and his great sacrifice and his power, right? So with that being said, everybody, let's dive into our main passage today. And it's found in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 16, starting with verse 19. So if you got your Bible, turn with me again. Matthew chapter 16 with verse 19. If you don't, don't worry about it. We got a cheat sheet on uh, the screen. So, and it reads, again, Matthew 16, 19. Whatever I, Jesus, Jesus speaking to Peter. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. All right? Now, sounds, you know what? Let's pray, and we dive into it, all right? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for allowing us to be here. We don't take this for granted. God, we're here because we get to celebrate the resurrected God, and that's you. God, you're in love with us. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter where we're from. It doesn't matter what we've done. You're radically in love with us, God, and there's nothing we can do about that, Father. So I pray that every person in here would just completely submit to your love. Teach us, Lord God. Soften up our hearts, Lord God, so that we may be able to hear the word, understand it, apply it, and reteach it. God, thank you so much that you've called us to be the, God, to be the church that radically loves, serves, and encourages. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said. Amen. So, everybody, I have an absolute hot and incredible wife. My only claim to fame, okay? And, like, like yo, she's the Millie to my Vanilli. Now, for you young folks, young folks, you probably have no idea who Millie Vanilli is. Look it up. Crazy story. I'll I spare you the crazy details. Now, this might be surprising to you, like, especially for those who know me. Super surprising. But I have a tendency of annoying my wife. Yes, I know, it's funny, right? Can't believe it, right? Y'all, and, um, and the reason why I annoy my wife, one of the reasons why I annoy my wife, I lose stuff all of the time, all of the time. It could be my wallet, it could be my laptop bag, my cell phone, my children, my anointing, it doesn't matter. I'm always losing stuff, and that drives Heidi up the wall. But no matter what I lose, no matter how annoyed she is, she would not only look for it, but 10 times out of 10, Heidi will find it. 
She will. It doesn't matter how small the object is, Heidi will always find it. And let's just be honest, man. I'm just going to call it what it is. Women look for objects better than men do. It just happens. I don't know why. I don't know why it's like whenever we buy the items and, and y'all sniff it like a, you know, Tijuana drug dog and you find it out. I have no idea why, but you have a tendency of finding that stuff all of the time. Now, check this out. So, again, lose stuff all the time. Heidi always finds it. Let me give you an example. Now, this was whenever we were first married. Well, Heidi then really build up the patience to deal with me. She really, I mean, she really had no patience and I got on her nerves often. But we had a small apartment. Had a small apartment and whenever it was time for us to move from that apartment, we had a couple of set of keys that we had to turn in, her set and my set. Now, well, I had my set of keys, but I lost my set of keys. That's how I would always ask Heidi to let us in the apartment. Now, Richard being Richard, I lost the keys. Now, hear me. I was willing to completely give up on those keys and pay the fine uh, for the lost keys, but not hound dog Heidi. This woman searched everywhere. She searched our apartment. She searched the truck. Uh, 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 I mean, she searched everywhere and searched for hours. All the while, I am in her ear like, yo, they're lost. Like, give it a rest. Let's just pay the fine and keep it moving. No, I'm not going to pay this ridiculous fee. You should have found the keys in the first place. should have kept up with them. Woman, I thought, right? <laughs> I'm smart. I'm annoying, but I'm not done, okay? And, but I'm constantly telling her, like, give it a rest. Give it a rest. You will never find them. Let her go. Hound dog Heidi, she found them. And then after she found them, Ladies, she did what you ladies do oh so well. She gave me that I told you so look. She didn't say nothing, but when she found it, she'd be like, bling a ling a ling. <laughs> like, shut up. So I thought. Thank you, baby. See, y'all, the difference between Heidi and I whenever it came to searching for the lost keys is Heidi, y'all hear this, Heidi was willing to move stuff around and find them. She didn't give up. This is how I look for the stuff. I lost them. They're gone. That's what I do. Heidi, she is picking stuff up. She's moving stuff around. She's shifting the foundation of the house. She's doing everything that she can in the crawl spaces. She's finding them, and she always finds them because she looks like that. Y'all, Heidi understands that things just don't grow legs and walk away. Sometimes we, come, but we become distracted and we misplace our keys. Now, uh, so all we have to do to find them is move stuff around. In this passage, Jesus is communicating to Peter that he has a certain set of keys. And whether you believe it or not, let me say this again, whether you believe it or not, all followers of Christ have access to the same keys as Peter did. And if you look in the Bible, Peter did some extraordinary things, extraordinary. If you're a follower of Christ in here, everybody in here has access to the same keys as Peter did. The problem is, at times, we've become distracted and we've misplaced our keys. Let's observe the main passage. Follow me here. Again, Matthew 16, 19, and it reads, Jesus is speaking to Peter. I will give you keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed 
in heaven. Allow me to give you a con- uh, let me allow me to give you some context to this verse. So prior to this encounter with Jesus, um, Jesus asked Peter a very important question, and Jesus asked Peter, "Who do you say that I am?" Who do you say that I am? In other words, who am I to you? Jesus to Peter, who am I to you? Now, Jesus wasn't concerned. At this time, Jesus wasn't concerned with what everybody else thought of them. Peter, who am I to you? And Peter replied by saying, well, Jesus, you're the son of God. You're the Messiah. You're God in the flesh. You're the one who brings salvation to the entire world. Like, you big homie. You OG. You Jesus. And Jesus replied by telling them that God didn't, uh, that that God himself gave him that revelation. And since, y'all hear this, since Peter positioned himself to receive that revelation, he'll have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now, that sounds mystical, right? (laughs) Mystical. (laughs) Watch yourself. Sorry. Some of y'all got it. Okay. For those who didn't get it, good job. All right, anyway, sounds mystical, right? Now, what on earth does that mean that we have the keys to the kingdom of heaven? Matt is looking down. You're so mad I did that mystical joke, didn't you? <laughs> All right. All right. So follow me now, y'all. Hear this. Think about it. What does it mean to have the kingdom of heaven? Think about it. Back then, the most trusted servant of a household would give the keys to... to, to yeah, to the doors of the estate. Again, the, back then, the most trusted servant in a certain household would be given the keys to a certain estate. Now, that's important to know. Now, peep this out, y'all. This is huge. The Greek word for the word keys is the word kleis. Kleis. K-L-E-S-I-S. No, no I'm sorry. K-L-E-I-S. K-L-E-I-S. Kleis. And hear me out. The word kleis is used as a metaphor for power and authority. You see, the master giving the keys to the servant meant that the servant had the authority given by the master to access everything they needed to keep that house in order. This is big. Peter recognized Jesus as his Messiah, as the Son of God, as his Lord. And because of that, Jesus gave them the power and the authority, i.e. keys, to access everything he needed to keep God's house in order. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Here, Jesus is saying that, saying that since you're my trusted servant, I will guide you to keep my house in order. And y'all, think about this. What is God's house? It is the world. The world is God's house. God is telling Peter, I'm going to give you power and authority to keep the world in order. Huge responsibility, right? I'm going to give you power and authority to keep the world in order. Jesus is like, hey, yo, I know everything about this house. I know how to defend this house. I know how to cultivate it. I know how it's built. I know how to make I know how to make it better. The only thing that you need to do is stay close to me. And if you're close to me, then you will further understand the power and the authority that I have that I have given you to take care of my house. And you will use that power and authority for binding and loosening. 
Y'all, I know again, sounds mystical. Only what that is, is just permitting and forbidding. That's it. So again, Jesus is saying that you will be the ones, people will be the ones permitting and forbidding on my behalf, of, on the behalf of God. Everybody, a master would have to have, y'all hear this, this is big. This is for all of y'all. Insert yourself in the scriptures, everybody. I think, again, I say this all of the time. We just think that these are words on a paper, and we think that the things that God said is only allotted to a few people that's in the word. This is for us. That's why he gave us the word of God to read, to study, to understand, to adopt, right? So this is for all of y'all in here. Hear this, y'all. A master would have to have an incredible amount of trust in his servant to allow them to exercise that much authority. But that's how special we are to God. We are, you are important. You are, we are valuable. You are, we are special. So Christians, y'all hear me. Don't stop, like, like, hear this. Stop believing that what you don't want... I, Stop believing that what you do won't make a difference for the entire world. We, Christians, a lot of times we're so chumps, man. We weak. We act so defeated. Oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just living through our life, and I just can't wait to get to heaven one day. Jesus is going to come one day. You can access power and authority right now. Right now, you can experience heaven here on earth, and then when you die, you get to experience heaven. We have to walk with that power and that authority and that confidence and that joy and that swag. I love, uh, you know what, let me, a lot of y'all don't know me. I don't want to get too excited right now, okay? Y'all, stop believing that you won't make an impact here on earth. That can't be further from the truth. Christian, since you are followers of Christ, you're a powerful species. You have been chosen to take care of God's house, God's schools, God's businesses, God's churches, God's playgrounds, you name it. You're the ones responsible for it. So start realizing how very important you are because of who you are aligned to, the creator of the cosmos. Amen? Now, one must think, well, why is God's power and authority needed? And not only that, why would God freely give his power and authority to us? I mean, people jack up stuff all of the time. Sometimes we look at God's power and authority and we look at us and we're just like, man, it's like giving a kid a machine gun. Like, we don't want to do that. You don't know what to do with all of that authority. You don't know what to do with all of that power. You don't know how they wield that correctly. While on earth would God look at us and be like, no, 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 all the power and the authority, bam, here you go. To answer that question, you got to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. All the way back to Genesis chapter 1. So peep this. After God created the sun and the moon and the stars and everything else, when, after he created every, all of that, he created a place called Eden. It was a completely perfect place, completely void of death, completely void of pain, of darkness, of sickness and heartaches. I mean, it was perfect. And then with that, he created Adam. 
And he told Adam to hear me, cultivate the garden, take care of it, grow this garden, make it spread. Then he created Eve. Then he created Eve. And Adam looked at Eve. Now, I said this last Wednesday. I think it's kind of funny. Whenever, before God created Eve, it said that he, um, he presented all of the animals to him, presented it to him. And Adam was like, nah, that zebra don't look good. Nah, that gorilla's pretty ugly. That giraffe's super long neck. Like, nah, I, don't, I can't get with any one of these animals. And God was like, nah, you can't. And he created Eve. And he woke up with this fine honey beside him. He was like, she do. Anyway, so God, I just thought that was funny. Random has nothing to do with the sermon, but I'm random. Anyway, so created Eve, right? And told God told Adam and Eve to be fruit. Now hear this. It says in Genesis chapter one, verses twenty-eight. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Adam and Eve. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every every living thing that moves um, on the earth. I think it's kind of funny. God is so much of a dad right there, so much of a dad, Uh, so much of a parent. Uh, God looked at Adam and Eve and was like, all right, newlyweds, I need you to have babies. Do it. My grandma did that a lot, right? And my grandma, God rest her soul, sugar, she was an OG. Sugar said everything would happen on her mind, uh, whatever came into her mind, it doesn't matter who was there, it doesn't matter if it was embarrassing or not, she would say it always embarrassed me. And I remember whenever we first got married and my grandma just looked at me and she was like, you newlyweds now, boy? I'm like, yes, ma'am, we newlyweds. She was like, you know it's okay in God's eyes right now. Let's get it on. You know, I'm like, it just takes all the fun away whenever your grandma tells you that, right? But I digress. Uh, Y'all, hear this, y'all. The word subdue, the word subdue in Hebrew is the word kavash, right? Spelled like kavash is kavash. And the word means, and kavash, it, it, it means to bring to bondage to bind, to make subservient. So God is saying, I want you to have babies that have babies. I want y'all to grow this garden so big that it will fill the entire earth. Everybody, think about this. Eden was just a small garden fit for Adam and Eve throughout the entire world. God was like, yo, you see the small garden? I want you to grow this garden. Cultivate it. Plant more. Make it grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And as you being fruitful and multiply, remember, I said that I've given you dominion all over every living creature. So I want Eden to spread through enti- throughout the entire world. I want the entire world to be Eden. And God gave us the responsibility to grow that. That's huge, everybody. Huge. God wanted to make mankind rule over and make everything outside of mankind submit to our authority given by God. But bad news happens in Genesis chapter 3. The enemy, also known as Satan, also known as the serpent, came into the garden where they were supposed to rule over everything and deceived Adam and Eve. He convinced them to disobey God, and they got kicked out of the place of perfection because of their sin. 
So everybody, hear me. Adam and Eve was deceived by Satan because they didn't use their power and their authority to rule over him. Let me say that again. Adam and Eve was deceived by Satan because, not because the enemy was more crafty than they are. The word says that the enemy was crafty. The reason why Adam and Eve got their butt kicked in the garden is because that they didn't use their power and their authority given by God to rule over him. And because they didn't exercise their authority, darkness was the thing that spread rather than the righteous way to live. Adam and Eve, they had everything they needed to crush the head of the enemy, but they didn't use it. They didn't use it, and everybody suffered the consequences. Now, let's go back to the original question I asked you. Why is God's power and authority so needed? God's power and authority is needed because darkness is trying to corrupt everything you do and everything that God has called you to be, everybody. Darkness hates you. Darkness hates your marriage. It hates your children. It hates your health. Darkness hates your community, your schools, your friendships. Darkness hates everything, everything. But hear this, y'all. But... God's power and authority is so potent, so commanding, so dominant, so overpowering that it has no choice to obey that authority when used correctly. And who has that authority? You. You do. I think a lot of times we just accept, oh, man, the schools are just so dark. Oh, they're just so bad. And we just accept it. You are the ones to do something about it because you have the power and the authority to do it. Oh, my marriage is in shambles. Then do something about it. Oh, my family is erect. Then do something about it. We sit in our biscuits not wanting to risk it. You have the power and the authority to move everything in your behalf. And we were created to do so from the very beginning. Let me say that again. We were created to do so in the very, since the very beginning. But how do we pray? Oh, God, will you please do this? Please do this for me. Please do this for me. God, you do it. God, you do it. God, you do it. God is like, all the power and authority that I have, I've given it to you, you Yahoo. You do it. I just want you to align yourself to me. I'll show you how, but I'm giving you the power to do it. You. Y'all, if you recognize Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you become a recipient of that power. You have the keys. And since you have those keys to the kingdom, like you're God's most trusted servant. And because of your power and authority, darkness must flee. Now, that doesn't mean that it won't put up a fight. Because they don't want to leave. But it has to. You fight it. You fight it. But Christians, the enemy wants to, what the enemy wants to do is to convince you that you've lost your keys. The enemy is just like me whenever Heidi was uh, searching for her keys. Just give up. They're gone. You've lost your power. You've lost your anointing. You have no authority here. Just give up. And whenever you give up, everybody, 
Darkness spreads. Spreads like crazy. And for those who haven't accepted Jesus in here, the enemy wants to convince you that you can have that power and authority outside of a relationship with God. Or he wants to convince you that you have no power and authority, life just sucks, deal with it. Both are lies. Again, both are lies. You can't have power and authority to bring light into this world outside of a relationship with God. You can't. Alongside of that, you can have that relationship with him. You are special, whether you believe it or not. You are beautiful, whether, whatever, whether you believe it or not. Whatever addictions you've probably experienced, whatever heartache you've done, no matter what sin you did, no matter how many churches you've probably gone into you and you thought that you was going to burst into a ball of flames or somebody's looking at you crazy, you are special, you are beautiful, you are valuable, you are worth it, and God wants a relationship with you. He, well, he just, it's just the truth. It's just the truth, whether you believe it or not. Everybody, y'all hear this. Jesus came to this earth, lived a perfect life, absolutely perfect, didn't break not one of God's laws, didn't even think about it whatsoever. He died on the cross absorbing the wrath of God, experiencing separation so you and I wouldn't have to. And because he's God, he's powerful, he defeated death. He defeated it. And with the relationship with him, God gives you those keys to defeat darkness. Everybody, use them. They're your keys. They're yours. The enemy can't come and snatch anything. Can't, he's not powerful enough to snatch them. So he convinces you to give them over. And we hand them over so many times. Some of y'all are convinced that you've lost your keys. And trust me, they didn't grow legs and walk away. Maybe, just maybe, you've, mis you've, mis you've, mis you've misplaced those keys because of the pains of life, right? Something happened and you're afraid that you can't ac access that power and authority. Like you've done something and you think that there's no way that God could, 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 could change like, like, like the world. Like, like there's something that you've done or something that you thought or whatever. And you're convinced that you don't have access to those keys. You're thinking about that, y'all. Like don't believe in that lie. Those keys haven't left you. You just misplaced them. So what you have to do, everybody, you need to call on a little help and start moving stuff around. Maybe you've lost your keys and underneath a barrier of mistrust. Maybe you lost your keys in a barrier of doubt. Maybe you lost your keys underneath the barrier of addiction, whatever that is. Maybe you've lost your keys in a barrier of abuse. They haven't just left. Move stuff around in your life. That's it. Break out from your normal routine of just accepting that you've lost them. Move stuff around. Pray, ask, God, what is in my life that allowed me to accept this lie that I don't have the power and authority to bring the light to the world? Tell me what I need to do about it. Y'all, 
All you got to do is just move around. Don't be stuck in a rut. Don't be stuck in your same spot. God is willing and waiting to use you to do incredible things. Go and do it. Start believing that you're beautiful. Start believing that you're powerful. Start believing that you're strong. Start believing that you're important. Start believing that you can make a difference because you've been created from the very, very beginning to do incredible things. So just do it. So just go and do it. For some of y'all, your keys are, been, are, are hidden behind the barrier of not being the follower of Christ. Today, you can take possession of those keys by simply asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Romans 10.13 says that everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everybody. Y'all, we celebrate Easter because God died, was buried, resurrected. And if you have a relationship with him, the old you, alongside of your sins, alongside of your fears, alongside of your worries, alongside of your doubts, your mistakes, everything will be dead and gone. And that same power that raised Christ from the grave will be in you, giving your soul the salvation you need. And all you have to do is ask for it. Many of y'all, you came in here and you convinced yourself that you got to clean yourself up. You ain't got to do nothing. He does the cleaning. All you have to do is just ask. Some of y'all, you're worried like, oh man, but that's a big commitment. And I don't know uh, if I have enough power and the authority and the discipline to do that. God will give you the power and authority and the discipline to do so. I look at the old Richard and I look at him on paper. I'm like, that dude saved? Really? He's a pastor. Matter of fact, I still believe that. I'm a pastor? Really? God does the cleaning. Everybody, you can have a relationship with God right now, and your entire world can be changed. All you have to do is ask. Go get your keys back and use them to bring the light of the world. Amen? Everybody, mind standing. prayer team if you could come up real real quick um again so many people in here you've convinced yourself that you've lost that power that authority that anointing you felt like that you've lost everything i promise you i promise you y'all that's not the case you've just misplaced and some of y'all you're like man what's step one to end up for me to give my keys back y'all just ask god ask god to remove those fears, to remove those doubts. Ask God to soften up your heart. Ask God to give you the strength. and the, uh, Ask God to give you everything that you need to go and be the light of the world, right? To save this world from darkness. And again, if you're in here and you don't know Jesus, all you got to do is ask. Again, Jesus said, for all who call in the name of the Lord will be saved. So, for the saints and non-saints in here that you just want prayer, uh, you want God to give you that courage back, you want God to give you that strength back, you want God to do whatever, y'all, the prayer team is up here available for you just to uh, plead with God to do whatever uh, you need to do. Amen? Amen. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for allowing us to be here, Father, and we pray that we will submit to your authority. We celebrate the fact that you're here. We celebrate the fact, God, that uh, 
You've died on the cross for our sins. You resurrected and we, got, we can have a relationship with you. God, we celebrate the great resurrection. And thank you so much that that power that resurrected Christ from the grave lives directly inside of us. We pray we will use that power and authority to do miraculous things. For everybody, we're just going to let the music go um, for a little bit. And if you need prayer, just come on up and pray. If you don't, that's fine too. But know this, God loves you. How do I know? The Bible tells me so. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about New Beginnings Fellowship, connect with us or give, visit nbfhollister.org. Have a great week. And remember, we are the church who radically loves, serves, and encourages.